Welcome to Wellness Rebranded. We know there's so much conflicting health and fitness advice out there, and you're tired of the senseless and toxic diet culture noise. You're ready to tune into your body, feel empowered around food, and focus on your true health and well-being. Welcome to the Wellness Rebranded podcast. We're the healing trio of your health and wellness anti-diet dreams. I'm Tara, personal trainer. I'm Elizabeth, registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. And I'm Maura, licensed clinical social worker. Together, we're pushing back on diet culture, hustle culture, and toxic positivity to help you practice genuine health-promoting self-care. So grab your water bottle, forget the rules, and let's start rebranding your wellness journey. Welcome back to another episode of Wellness Rebranded. Mora is not with us today, unfortunately. She had something come up last minute, so it is just Tara and I this week, and we are super excited to talk to you guys about kids and movement. How soon is too soon to get your kids into fitness, and how can you help them love to move while doing it safely and have a healthy relationship with movement? So let's dive in, Tara. Yay. One of my favorite topics, a question I get all the time from people is how soon is too soon? What should I be doing with my kid to kind of foster their fitness at an early age? And I have to say, I think we're structuring it too soon, too early. There's nothing wrong with movement, right? We should be moving from like day one. But we're getting these kids into really rigid activities where there's not enough diversity of movement. And we're definitely seeing some issues there. Sports have changed. If you think back, Elizabeth, to when you were growing up, what being an athlete kind of looked like? <laughs> Not me. It's a very simple definition. I was the furthest thing from an athlete you can imagine. So I, I was not a good athlete. Let me clarify that. But I played soccer. And soccer season was like three months long, maybe, maybe four if you made it to playoffs. And then you didn't play it again till the next year, Mm -hmm. right? Like people are doing that these days. People are playing the same sport year round and it's causing a lot of like overuse injuries. And there is a time and a place to kind of like niche yourself down as an athlete and specialize in a sport. But if you look at professional athletes, for example, the guys that are doing like really well are the ones that played like three sports in high school. You know, it's yeah. not the person More well-rounded. that specialized in something and then just did it over and over and over and over again. Now, of course, we know that most of our kids are probably not going to grow up to be professional athletes. But just from like a health and injury prevention standpoint, you still want to have a really well-rounded child. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the biggest problem I see with this is in baseball. Kids are playing baseball year round. And especially the pitchers, they're starting to specialize kids into positions at very young ages. It used to be that you didn't even think about that till like high school. Mm, so now it's like not only are they playing the same sport, but they're doing the same exact movement yes. all the time. Yes. And pitching is super brutal on your arm. Mm. So if we're seeing kids get surgeries that previously like only Major League Baseball players used to get. Yeah, wow. And they're getting them at like age nine. Mm -hmm. So it's a real issue. If you are like a baseball parent, I would very much encourage you to dive deeper into this. I really don't think it's just baseball, just based on personal experience and watching friends and their kids and various sports. I do think it's kind of across the board. It totally is. But baseball is more damaging to your shoulder than Mm, anything else. Mm -hmm. Like in soccer, you've got some knee injuries to look out for. Lacrosse, same thing, can be like a non-contact knee injury. But in baseball, it's like much more likely to be injured Mm -hmm. than any other sport 
in terms of non-contact. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like football might be a little bit higher risk of injury because you're like crashing into people. Yeah. But yeah, across the board, if you've got a kid that's specialized in a sport, just like think about how to make it a little bit more well-rounded for them. Mm-hmm. That's like my biggest piece of advice um, is don't play the same sport year round. Mm-hmm. It is totally awesome to play sports that are kind of similar, like doing soccer in the fall and lacrosse in the spring. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just different enough that your body's not going to have the same stresses in the same places. Mm-hmm. But frequently people ask me about like weightlifting, right? Kids play sports from like three years old on up, basically. I'm finding out. I can't imagine my son actually playing an organized sport at this age. (laughs) They're like little ducklings at that age. They all just follow the ball in like a big gaggle. Totally. Which is super cute and actually probably really great for them. But people always ask me like, when can I get them weightlifting? Mm -hmm. Right. And you know that I am a lover of weightlifting, but there's definitely a time and place for this. Anytime your kid shows interest, I think it's awesome to show them correct form mm-hmm. on whatever it is. I'll give you an example. Every now and then I'll have to run into the gym on a weekend to check on something or whatever. And weekends for me are family time. So I pretty much always have Maverick with me. And he beelines to the kettlebells. <laughs> he loves the kettlebells. And he'll pick up like a super heavy one and try to like deadlift it or squat it. Mm-hmm. Now, he doesn't know what he's doing yeah it's not like he's like oh i've seen mom do squats let me do this he just feels like whoa this is heavy and i want to pick it up so let me try and what i realized he wanted to do that i kind of taught him proper form like hey make sure your back's flat just up you know mm-hmm. that kind of thing so that we don't like pull his arms out of his sockets <laughs> and his back or something but like really focusing on form at a young age is super important because it's going to get them learning the movement patterns. And once we develop the neuromuscular pathways, they're going to have that forever, right? That pathway from brain to muscle is important and you can develop that as early as you want. You shouldn't really be lifting heavy, heavy weight until puberty. So if you are like super dad out there and you've got your like eight-year-old doing heavy deadlifts or something, we've all seen the guys on YouTube that like have their kids powerlifting and stuff. It's probably not the best idea ever, but Teaching them form and then slowly adding some weight is okay. Once puberty hits, it's game on. They can totally lift just like a regular human. And if that's something that they're interested in doing, great. I'm all for it. If that's something that someone else thinks they should be doing and they hate it, I wouldn't really push it. Yeah. We don't want to teach kids to hate the gym. Yeah. So how do we teach kids to love movement in general? Yeah. I think inherently kids probably like to move. Yes, you know, like, certainly seems like it. I'm just looking at my own experience with a toddler. He's not big into like sitting here. <laughs> He's not sitting still. As much as I would love him to like curl up on the couch and watch a movie with me. He's not into that. He wants to like hang on stuff and climb up his dresser and jump off. He's a wild one. And I think we kind of train that out of our children, like probably for good reason, right? We go to work all day. We're exhausted. We don't want our kids acting like Tarzan when we get home. So we've told them, no, don't climb on this. Don't do that. Don't jump. Don't hit this. Don't pick that up. You know, (laughs) don't, 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 don't. But if we give them like a fun, safe environment where they can play and experience those things, playing is the key. Mm -hmm. Yeah, making it fun. Making it fun. Growing up, we played a lot of capture the flag and tag. Kick the can. That was my favorite. Yes. I was was not playing soccer, but I was playing kick the can. Ah, so you were an athlete. (laughs) 
Like, I think we take the fun out of it when we start doing it super organized. Yeah, which I can't help but think also thinking about a child having a healthy relationship with movement. I do not think we should be promoting it as a means of weight management for children ever. Agreed. I don't care what the new American Academy of Pediatrics say. I do not think that that is a helpful way to approach movement. I think it should be something... Movement should be done because you love it, not because you're being forced to do it. Right. And also, we should just encourage them to do it for fun or to spend time together or to be outside in nature. Or there's a million reasons why we can encourage our kids to move that have nothing to do with the size or shape of their body. Yes. And to me, that's like the most fundamental important thing and think and also you know especially as they get older thinking about how we talk about it too right Mm -hmm. if you're not talking about it for that but you want to talk about the benefits of it how do you bridge that gap yeah that's like a tough one because i feel like we're all so conditioned by living in diet culture for so long to be like oh i have to go for a run today Mm, yeah Yeah, it's such a subtle thing but yeah yeah like our kids will hear us say oh mom has to run i don't know why but she does (laughs) okay whereas reframing that as like oh we get to go for a run Mm -hmm. you know we are so blessed that our bodies can do this for us that would be weird to phrase it like that but Mm -hmm. that's kind of the message that we want to send is that we have the privilege of doing this not we're punishing ourselves by doing this completely and i think we could also connect it to taking care of ourselves taking care of our bodies right like it helps our body deserves um, this yeah, I want to take care of my heart and make sure that I keep my heart strong. So I like to go for walks or it's good for my mental health when I go for a run. It helps me not be stressed, like showing them benefits like that. Yeah. That are about caring for our bodies, but just completely separating it from aesthetics. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing that I think we talk about in here has to do with aesthetics at all. (laughs) Right. It's all about how our bodies function. Yeah, but that's so much of how it is out in diet culture. So I always feel like it's so important to say it. Yeah, we have to say it because we're a very small voice fighting concert full of voices. I do think that having organized sports is awesome. But I think we get kind of like pigeonholed into thinking that sports are the only way to get our kids moving. Mm, Yeah. Um, And that's not at all true, obviously. I think that's such a great point. We have ever since my kids were small, we have always tried... To be moving with them because my husband and I both like to stay active and be Mm -hmm. active. But we'd taken them. We would go hiking on family hikes. We'd go on family bike rides. We would go outside after dinner and play baseball tag. And we would play basketball in the front yard. And just for the fun of it, just also just to get them out of the house. (laughs) Like, it was a little more peaceful when I would have them out from a mom perspective. Yes. Here's a quick little funny story. So we love to travel, my family, and we love to hike, my husband and I. We've taken our kids hiking everywhere all over the world, and they don't really like it. At least they didn't when they were younger. Well, they would always say they didn't. Like, basically, what I'm trying to say is if we wanted to go for a hike, we could not say we're going for a hike. We had to say, like, we're going to go look for a certain kind of flowers, or we're going to go check out this tea room in the woods, or (laughs) we're going to go do this thing. Because if we called it a hike, there would be, like, family mutiny. They're like, no. And I think probably also because we would go further than really maybe we should have with them, but we just couldn't help ourselves because we loved it so much. 
So I always feel like they're either going to grow up and like hate it. Absolutely hate it. Be like, my parents dragged us around doing this my whole life. I'm never doing it again. Or they're going to be like, oh, I like that's fun. It seems like it's veering towards the fun because I am happy to report back. They all seem to say that they kind of like it now. I have to say my favorite story about you, one of the many, actually, (laughs) you have so many good stories, is doing like a 14er without any water or appropriate gear or practice at all. Yes, I just doing it. I don't recommend that. It was by accident and I didn't do the whole thing. Just get that out there. But that's not the way I tell this. Yeah, we'll save that for another episode. No, but I feel like a lot of us get kind of stuck on the fact that our kid has to play some sort of sport because they need to move. And And everyone else is doing it, and there's a little bit of pressure around it. Yeah, there's a little bit of pressure. And there's, like, a pressure to be good. I feel like rec teams still exist, obviously, but you hear a lot of parents talking about, like, oh, we made the travel team, or we made the cut for this. And it's so much pressure to put on the kids for something that's supposed to be fun. Yeah, totally. So I think there's, like, an interesting kind of bell curve in sports and fitness where when you're little, it's really fun, and then it starts getting really competitive. And throughout high school, and if you make it through college as an athlete, it's really competitive. And then after college, you're back to, like, social leagues, mm, and yeah. it's fun again, mm-hmm. you know? And I th- I mean, some kids for sure find it fun the whole way through, but sure. I do think there are many that don't, and there's a lot of pressure around it. I've actually trained a lot of kids whose parents' goal was to get them a scholarship <laughs> in college. I'm happy to report that most of them did get scholarships, <laughs> but also most of them hated it. They've lost the passion for this thing that they loved, so it just became a chore, a yeah. job that they had to do. There's a couple of skills that I think it's important to teach kids hmm. um, that they learn naturally along the way. But if we could play games with them that would kind of help foster the skills, I think it's important. Throwing, catching, running, jumping, stopping from a run, starting, kicking, and ball bouncing hmm. are like some of the really big ones that we see kids that learn to do this at a young age even have like better grades in school. Really? There's like a really interesting correlation between like physical ability and academic ability at young ages. In You're saying in the research. In the research, yeah. yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. It doesn't always correlate to like in college and high school when they can choose to like, well, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> but the kids who learn to do those things and do them well at a younger age tend to sit better in school and absorb better. Yeah. That's so really that's important. But in closing, I just want to say that, like, above all else, like, find something your kid likes to do. Mm-hmm. I put my son in a class called Kid Strong, which is basically like gym class for kids, where they hang on the bars and they jump on bosu balls and they do balance stuff. And he loves it. If he didn't, I would take him out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that important to have him physically active in a structured environment. Yeah, I was just going to say, so it doesn't have to, the point is, it doesn't have to be structured, right? Yep. Kind of like how... We say with adults, you don't have to burn a certain amount of calories or certain yep. intensity in order for it to count. Like any times yep. we're, we're having our kids active and out and about and mm-hmm. moving around is beneficial. If he hated that, I'd take him to the playground more. Yeah. You know, as it is, I just put him in that so that I didn't have to be the one coming up with all the games and such. But if he didn't like it, we would find a different way to be active. Yeah. What about when another thing that I always think about is super important when I think about kids and having a healthy relationship with movement and sort of anti-diet culture is exposing them to diverse bodies in sports. Yes, super important. I love that. There's Sports Illustrated, I think it was Sports Illustrated, did an 
issue with everyone being naked. And I'm not saying it's <laughs> naked people, but they took a whole bunch of like Olympians and professional athletes and like put them naked with their props for their sport in strategic places. And you can see that everybody's body is like super different. Mm-hmm. The gymnasts look different than the shot putter from the baseball player from the swimmer. Like all bodies are good bodies and they all look super different. And that's good. Yeah, I'm actually pulling up as we're talking here. So there was this really cool article that I found when I was putting together my course, Mastering the Art of Raising Intuitive Eaters, because I do focus on movement in there and helping your kid have a healthy relationship with movement. But this one journalist just got really interested in specifically female gold medalists from the 2012 Olympics. And she put together this poster. I'll show it to you, actually, of... Oh, this is awesome. Right. Uh, I wouldn't have thought there were this many. Right. Of all the different sports and all the different female body types. And the point is, like, they're so so different. different, And they're all athletes. And they all obviously crush it at their sports. They're gold medal winners. But I just thought it was so interesting to see and to just look Think about the body diversity in sports. I love that because for years we didn't see body diversity. Mm-hmm. It, it was there, I'm sure, but nobody ever pointed it out. Like growing up, I didn't see any people that looked like me. Right. There wasn't any representation for me to go, dang, I want to be like her. Yeah. So I just feel like that's so empowering for our kids to show them that you can be awesome and look whatever kind of way. Yeah, you don't have to have a certain body type to be an amazing athlete and show them. It's important to have role models. So yeah, that's pretty much what I wanted to go over today. Main points being get your kids active, get them doing something that they love. And if they do choose to compete in sport, make sure it's diverse and don't start them lifting. We used to be really concerned about like um, damaging growth plates with weightlifting. Mm-hmm. And we now know that that's not super common. And even if you do damage their growth plate, it kind of fixes itself really quickly. Kids are resilient. But teach them proper form first. And then once they hit puberty, take the gloves off and go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it fun. Keep and disconnected fun. from aesthetics. Yep. Love it. Show them diversity. Yes. Had lots of great tips. <laughs> this is good. Love it. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Don't forget, if you guys like the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show and helps us get the anti-diet whole health message spread far and wide. And we would be super, super grateful if you would do that. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Wellness Rebranded. If you found this helpful, please take a moment to leave us a review and share it with your friends. If you'd like to learn more about me, Mora, you can find me at my website, moratunny.com. If you want to connect with Tara, find her on Instagram at Tara De Leon Fitness. To connect with Elizabeth, visit her at elizabethharrisnutrition.com. And while you're there, follow the link to join her health and healing with intuitive eating community on Facebook.